The most surprising player of this entire past season for North Carolina for me was DeMarco Dunn. He got more run than I ever imagined. But now the question, should he stay or should he go? You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? It's Friday, April 7th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I am your host, Isaac Shade. I want to thank you for joining us today. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked on Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. Well, you know what happens every time this year. There are way too early top 25s out there. I even put out my own way too early top 10 on Locked On College Basketball. I apologize in advance. I didn't include the Tar Heels. I don't think they're top 10 right now. Skewer me if you must, but that's where we're at. So we're going to look at where Carolina falls in some folks' top 25s. We'll have our weekend whip around. But first, got to talk some basketball personnel. Before we get to DeMarco, one very quick thing. We learned on Thursday that Carolina, the coaching staff, has been in contact multiple conversations with Stanford transfer Harrison Ingram, who we talked about on yesterday's show. Go check it out if you haven't watched it yet. I'll link to it. Boom. There you go. You see it popping up on screen. Well, so that'll be something we'll obviously continue to monitor and keep our eyes on. But here's what I want to talk about is DeMarco Dunn. This player that last offseason, I was very low on and said, he's not, there's just not going to be space for him to get much run. And then he turns into one of the main contributors off the bench. If you can call a bench player from North Carolina last year, a main contributor, but averaged 10 or so minutes a game and uh, found himself playing a lot more. I Like my guess going into the season, I believe was five minutes a game. Did not do that. So what we want to talk about is some reasons that it would make sense for DeMarco Dunn to stay in Chapel Hill and continue to be a Tar Heel and some reasons that it might make sense for him to transfer elsewhere. (laughs) So let's start with the good, the stay. Well, just frankly, what we already said, he has carved out a role for himself in this program. We saw it this year. I don't I don't foresee it going anywhere next year down at least I could see it maybe going up as he continues to grow and mature and all that and so he's he's got a niche a niche what do you say niche or niche I think I'm a niche niche yeah there you go number two why should DeMarco Dunn stay in Chapel Hill well it's a he is like the classic player that has the opportunity to prove and to show that development is still Uh, a thing that exists in some pockets somewhere of college basketball. We get so many, this didn't work, I'm outs, that rarely does it feel like we get stories like this where a guy stays for a couple years and then all of a sudden his junior or senior year just blossoms and turns into who you hoped he would be all along. DeMarco has the opportunity to do that, that, that some players in college basketball still stay and work and develop and grow. He could be an example of that. Another reason to stay. The dude is 6'5", 190. 
So he needs some meat on his bones. Yeah, absolutely. But he's six feet five. You look around at the rest of the backcourt. That's not what RJ's bringing. Seth has some size. Simeon will have some size as he gets to campus. But DeMarco, you know, bigger. And with him at the two, that's somebody you you don't want to trifle with. And he's going to be able to get his shot off over most other um, twos. Or he could play three in, in small ball lineups. Why not? Especially if Carolina, and I'm going to be speculating about this a lot this offseason, especially if um, transfer portal projections continue as they are. I wouldn't be surprised if Coach Davis is rolling out a whole bunch of three-guard lineups next year. <laughs> I don't know why we, I'll continue to say, I do not know why they didn't continue to utilize it more last year. I thought it, I thought it was a good opportunity. So, 6'5", some great positional height for DeMarco is a reason to stay. That's going to find him some floor time. Next, defensive capability. Coach Davis has talked about this. You'll lose your best individual defender in Leaky Black. Um, Seth Trimble, obviously, probably wins the best individual defender award ahead of next season. We'll see who it is. But DeMarco's right there with him. Uh, He's got, again, positional height. He's got some positional length and has an opportunity to be a real disruptor on the defensive end. And if you combine that with his ability to shoot, which should continue to progress as well, he's got he's got court time ahead of him. Defensive capability is part of that. Next, another reason DeMarco should stay is I saw a big confidence leap for him this year. It felt like he just trusted himself more. I don't know if that's knowing that Coach Davis has belief enough in him to play him a good bit. I don't know if that's, hey, I've, I've been in school for two years now and I feel like I know what I'm doing better. You know, whatever it was, I felt like I saw more confidence out of DeMarco. And a lot of times, that that's half the deal, man, is just trusting yourself to go out there and do it. If you're a hitter, walking up to the plate and knowing I can hit this pitcher. If it is your alignment, lining up across the defensive lineman on the other side of the ball and saying, I can move this guy to create space for my running back or whatever it is, right? That That's what DeMarco has to do is be able to go out there and say, Daggum it, I can knock down these shots. I don't care who's on me. I saw more of that this year, and I want to see it continue to grow. Another reason is DeMarco is a, a reasonably solid shot maker, and I think he's going to make even more of them going forward. Shot 42.4% from the field last year and a respectable 32.4% from three. That's better than the combination of the wings that we talked about a couple days ago with Coach Pack. That's better than Caleb's shot, right? And so if that continues to progress, like if he could jump from 32.4 to 35.36 from three next year, that's... I'll take that every day of the week from somebody that projects to be, you know, sixth, seventh, or eighth on the depth chart, probably. Just again, depending on who comes in through the transfer portal. And then the last thing I would say is a reason to stay is I legitimately really think that Coach Davis is going to employ more and more three guard or even four guard lineups going forward. there's nothing that I've heard from the program or from coach Davis. It just, I see the signs and, and I think that is a thing for him. So 
there are probably more reasons for DeMarco to stay. Would love to hear yours. Let me know. Drop it in the chat. And then let me also give some reasons. I think it might make sense for him to go as well. I like to just always show both sides of this. Number one, there are probably more opportunities elsewhere for more play, for more playing time. He's going to get playing time in Chapel Hill. I believe that there are opportunities for more playing time for him elsewhere. He could probably go be a starter at a mid-major or even maybe starter, maybe first off the bench at a, a lower level high major team, if I can put it that way. DeMarco has that like Kerwin Walton side. Remember Curtin was a Kerwin with Curtin, <laughs> Kerwin Walton Curtin. I love it. I'm here for it. Kerwin has good size himself, six, five, six, six, but DeMarco has better athletic capability and, or athletic essentials and raw talent kind of stuff, you know, than, than Kerwin does. Um, Kerwin can get his shot off, but he's a little more plotting. DeMarco can, can move and get to spots. Another reason it might make sense for him to go is like the flip of that. While there might be more opportunity elsewhere, the opportunity just might never fully be there at North Carolina. And he's got to assess if he, what he thinks of that. Will the opportunity for me to be a starter or to play 20 plus minutes a game ever be there in Chapel Hill? Part of that is dependent upon his growth, right? Like, does he grow like his head coach did when he was at Chapel Hill? If not, he's going to get leaped, jumped by other players who are going to be ahead of him. So hopefully the coaching staff is being honest with him about those kind of things. And then you find out. And the last reason I'll say it might make sense for him to leave Chapel Hill is that it's a long way from Tucson, Arizona to Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And in this day and age where you can transfer once without penalty of having to sit out, I'm starting to see more trends of guys who might go off for a couple of years, either from the Midwest to a coast or, or vice versa versa or from nearly one coast in this case all the way to the other now that doesn't mean that's for everybody but some people will play a couple years at that original choice and they'll be like you know what i'd love for my family to be able to see me play on a regular basis so if if i'm demarco maybe it's like do i want to go to arizona state or arizona you know something like that i think arizona uh, would be a place that they have a great fun offense with Tommy Lloyd could be interesting. Arizona state. He might even be able to start or be six, seventh man right there. No, I don't want him to do that. I'm just saying I could understand in this day and age that that's a thing. So DeMarco done stay or go love to know your thoughts on what DeMarco should do. Well, as we said earlier, lots of different Every college basketball, whoever out there is dropping their way too early top 25 lists. I want to share with you where I'm seeing Carolina. I've surveyed as many as I can, got them all for you. And then we'll talk about some reasons why they are where they are or why they aren't where they aren't. We'll do that in just a second. But first, this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Folks, the NBA playoffs are almost here, and now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So download the FanDuel app today. It's safe, secure, and it's super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores. 
go check out tonight's lines for Friday night's NBA games. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So do not miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Once again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn all about it. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Woo. Also, in addition, make sure you check out our brand new show on the Locked On Network, Locked On College Basketball. It's brought to you by myself and Andy Patton. We're the co-hosts. We're together a couple days a week. We have other guests on other days of the week. Would love to have you come join us this offseason if you didn't find us this season, where we're talking transfer portal, all sorts of great stuff, coaching changes, draft declarations, all of that. Would love for you to come join us on YouTube and anywhere else you get podcasts. All right, let me just run you around a couple of the different websites that have done a way too early top 25 and where they have the Tar Heels. We'll start with the the not seen. CBS, Gary Parrish, who puts out a daily top 25 one, does a great job, uh, is, a, is a great listen, by the way. He actually doesn't have the Tar Heels in his top 25 and one. Right now, another one that doesn't have the Tar Heels is Tristan Freeman from Busting Brackets. He has the Carolina in his kind of honorable mention section. All right, let's look around at some others. And and on these, Carolina is on the list. And you're going to notice a pretty similar trend. ESPN, Jeff Borzello is the author of this, has Carolina 19. The Athletics, Seth Davis, has Carolina 18. Kevin Flaherty of 247 Sports, 23. Kevin Sweeney from Sports Illustrated, 16. John Fanta of Fox has them 20th. Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News, 22nd. And uh, Eli Betger of Heat Check has the Tar Heels 21st. So not a very wide array of options there. There's two places I had surveyed where Carolina is not in the top 25. And on all the others, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them, Carolina is somewhere between 16 and 23. 16, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. That's very interesting. Literally, <laughs> every ranking from 16 to 23 other than 17. How funny is that? I hadn't even put that together till right now that that's what that looked like. So pretty pretty narrow scope of where the Tar Heels are falling right now. And here's my take on it. I think that's about right. 16 to 23. I'd, I'd probably put, I've only done a top 10, as I said earlier. I'd probably put Carolina around a 10 right now. I think given what we saw this year, or frankly, what we didn't see this year, I think that's a more than fair ranking. Like to even be in the top 25 right now is, that's good. I, But I think it's fair, and here's why. You have Armando Baycott coming back. He was the ACC preseason player of the year last year. Didn't get that. I think injuries is what, frankly put that behind even even if Carolina hadn't if he had been healthy and Carolina still hadn't won as many games I still think he would have won that award last year but you get Mondo back and you get RJ Davis back and I think that's the other key cog I think he's the one between RJ and Caleb that coach Davis trusted the most 
and I say that just because one's here and one's not. And I think that says something about the conversations that have been had. And so just even getting RJ and Armando back in this day and age of college basketball, that's massive. And I, I, I think based on those two guys alone, you put the Tar Heels in your top 20. That, that to me is enough to warrant putting them in somewhere. But you look at a talent like Simeon coming in, you look at guys like what's, what's Jalen Washington going to be? What's Seth Trimble going to be as a sophomore? But the other thing is that the unknown of the transfer portal and the currently five open scholarships stop. The, I, I can't put Carolina any higher than that right now. So, I wouldn't drop them out. I would have them in, but I, I honestly couldn't put them higher than where where they are in any of these polls. I mean, I, I think anything top 15 would be too high for Carolina and frankly, unfair to them to have them that high. Um, so we're, we're going to have to watch the transfer portal continue to develop, see what personnel pieces Carolina is able to add as as they work on that you know if Harrison Ingram comes in Dalton connect if any of the guys reclassify whatever and and help solidify this team particularly at the wing and in the front court great stuff would love it and need to have it but all that to say I think where I see these these polls having the Tar Heels is right 16 to 23 that's a good range for right now Uh, as for the women they come in on the ESPN uh, way too early top 25 themselves at 24th. So congrats to coach Banghart and her team on a, you know, it's just banter for the off season, but it, it is nice to be recognized uh, with that loaded recruiting class. The ladies are bringing in next season. All right. We continue on today and we're going to take a whip around Carolina athletics. What's going on this weekend. We'll get you primed and prepped and ready for that. And we'll do all of it in just a second. Okay, it is Friday, and that means it's time for our Heels of the Week. And we want to start with our, yay, good Heels of the Week. And in this case, it actually is a Tar Heel, a man who played basketball for North Carolina and a man who coached North Carolina for a couple years. Things didn't go so well. And that's Matt Doherty. Yes, he is our, yay, Heel of the Week. And here's why. It's It takes a winding road to get there, but bear with me. During the Women's National Championship game on Sunday, ESPN aired a broadcast with Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi. It was basically like Manning cast from Monday Night Football. I I don't know about you guys. I love the Manning cast. I think Peyton and Eli are straight hilarious together. Give me that literally every Monday night. I, I love it, and I love that the game... All due respect to the game. I think the game becomes background noise because Peyton and Eli and whoever they have on as guests are hilarious. Anyway, that's essentially what ESPN was doing during the women's national championship game with Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi. They bring on Chris Paul. He's one of their, like the first guests of the show. I only realized it because I was accidentally on ESPN when I think the the main national broadcast was on ABC. And I was like, I'm here to watch the game, but whatever. Oh, there's Chris Paul with, you know, the ladies, whatever. Cool. Great. But I later learned that in that conversation, Diana Taurasi had basically said to Chris Paul, Hey, you're a North Carolina kid. Was there pressure to go to, to Duke or Carolina or, or what'd you feel? And his answer to that was, as you might've heard by now, that Chris Paul said, 
maybe, I don't know, but Carolina wanted me to come as a walk-on and that was it. Just kind of dropped that North Carolina wanted me to be a walk-on and because of the lack of context surrounding it, the ladies both reply with this like, Oh, are you serious? I can't believe that, you know, kind of thing, which out of context, sure. I, I probably would have responded that way too to Chris Paul, because this is true. Matt Doherty and the coaching staff asked Chris Paul to consider coming on as a walk-on. But again, there was no context provided. It's a, it's a classic hot take scenario, classic hot take headline that's just spouted out with any, with any story uh, to show the actual context. So here's what I love. Coach Matt Doherty, who has done this on multiple occasions now, could just comes out to be open and honest and direct and set the record straight. And he's like, yeah, we did. We did ask Chris Paul to be a walk-on. I love that he just owns it. But the bigger context was that at that time, the, the scholarship passing out was different at that point in time. And Carolina had already reached its scholarship limit and couldn't at that point offer him a scholarship based on the rules in play at that time. And so it's kind of like what they, it's kind of like Luke May, right? Oh, Luke May was a walk-on. Well, sure he was, but he was a preferred walk-on with essentially the promise of a scholarship the next season, barring anything wacky happening. It would have been the same thing. Chris Paul would have had a scholarship his sophomore year and might've even worked out his freshman year, just how things changed and evolved. So coach Dort is just like, I mean, yeah, technically it's true, but here's what else you need to know about it. And so I, I just love his humility that he has displayed on so many occasions since things didn't go well at North Carolina. He's talked about it. He's gone on record about it. He's done interviews. He he doesn't mind sharing the full story of stuff like this. And so I, I just appreciate the way he's handled that. Because I think a lot of times when we have failures in our lives, we're embarrassed of them and Coach Doherty hasn't shied away from those. He's uh, honest. He's open. He's direct. I'd like to. I'd like to be more like that in my own life. And so I just want to say thank you to him and have him as our heel of the week. So Coach Doherty, thank you for cleaning up this story. A with context. We have to have context, people. But thank you for how you handle your business. I appreciate it. All right, a quick weekend rip-around, whip-around of Carolina athletics for this upcoming weekend. First off, the women's tennis team just continues to boat race people. They are currently 25-0, 11-0 in ACC play, number one in the nation. Best of all, they blanked NC State on Thursday, 7-0. Take that, Wolf Puppies. They play uh, Wake Forest on Saturday, 11 a.m., and then their final regular season match is on Friday, hosting Duke. Remember, we had talked about previously, the women had all of these away matches, and so now they get to host all of these down the stretch, and then the ACC championship will start Wednesday, April 19th. And so we'll stay tuned with all of that. By the way, the men's tennis team plays Duke on also on Saturday at 2.30 p.m. They're having a strong season as well. I believe just two losses in ACC play. On the diamond, both teams in action this weekend. The men, uh, the men, the baseball team actually started their weekend series on Thursday this week. They're in Atlanta. They played at Georgia Tech. B 
beat them eight to one on Thursday. So a great start to the series. We'll try to pick up a series win behind some more ridiculous plays from Vance Honeycutt. Uh, Friday, 6 p.m. ACC Network Extra. Saturday at 1 ACC Network Extra. If they could get that series win, that'd be three straight ACC series wins, beating Duke at home a couple weekends ago and then Notre Dame on the road. So three straight series wins in conference play. That's what you got to do. Just got to keep winning series. Softball team is in action at home against Pittsburgh this weekend. Friday at 6 on ACC Network Extra. Saturday at 2 and Sunday at 2. Saturday's ACC Network Extra. Sunday is ACC Network. And that game on Sunday is literally the only Tar Heel sports action on Sunday. So make sure to check it out. What about the lacrosse teams? The women uh, play Pitt. Lots of teams playing Pitt this weekend. 2 Eastern on Friday, ACC Network Extra. As a reminder, their last time out, they lost just their second match, their second game of the season, but it was at number 12, Notre Dame. Their only other losses at number 3, Northwestern. Both competitive games, and so not worried about the Tar Heels at all there. The men host Virginia on Friday, 6 p.m. on ACC Network, and then track is at the Duke Invitational this weekend as well. So, That is what's going on in Carolina athletics this weekend. Really appreciate you tuning in with me. Talk a little bit about DeMarco Dunn and where Carolina's at for basketball ahead at the early, early stages ahead of next season. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels or me on Twitter at Isaac Shade. Email the show, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Would love to have more in-depth conversation with you. Don't forget to subscribe, smash the like button, and comment on the show. Once again, don't forget to check out Locked On College Basketball to be your second listen of the day. Friends, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. You know it, and I know it. Until next week, peace! Peace!